Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. So I'm going to grab my stuff and I had a few ideas about what I wanted to do, but God's kind of, he kind of shifted it around because last night I was in the shower and I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about this. What do you think? And he brought me to the book of Titus and he wants to read through it. And so where's Faith? I don't know her password for her iPad. <laughs> okay, we'll wait a second because um, we're going to have a three people up here and we're going to all kind of tag team the book of Titus. Um, and then we might get into what I was thinking about talking about, but let's just leave some room for his presence. Um, and I'll just pray right now. So God, just fill our minds and our hearts with you and let your presence linger and stay with us throughout this, the rest of this week and the rest of our lives. But Lord, just give us the want and the, the desire to pursue your presence. And I just pray that over each and every one of us. Thank you. Yeah, brightness. There we go. Um, so I'll just start off with Titus 1, and we'll read it and see how it goes. And I'm sure God has something on his mind if he wants us to read through this. So if you have your Bibles, open them up. Um, I'm going to be reading through the New King James Version. So, um, and I will say this, if I stutter, I'm just, I read ahead and I get mixed up. So sometimes that happens, but not today. Let's not do it today. So Paul, a bondservant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised there or promised before time began. But can you turn down my mic a little? <laughs> I hear it ringing. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, and see, I lost my spot. Oh, three. Okay. But has in due time manifest his word through preaching, which was also committed to me according to com command commandment of God our Savior, to Titus, a true son in our common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. And I kind of want to sit down, but maybe I won't. It might be easier. I'm going to sit down. So, the qualified elders, for the reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in the order of things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, 
holy, okay, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faithful word as he, as he has been taught that he may be able to be sound or able by sound doctrine, sorry guys, both to extort, exhort and convict those who contradict. And I'm just, I'm just gonna give time for the Holy Spirit if he wants to put anything on my mind. Otherwise, we'll read. We'll continue reading. All right, got the go ahead. So for the elders' task, for there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true, therefore rebuke them sharply, that they may, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth to the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but even their minds and conscience are defiled. Hmm. They, pro they profess to know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. I'm gonna highlight that verse. Let's, let's just give a second. I'm just gonna invite the Holy Spirit in and Lord, just drop anything on my mind that you wanna say about this. And yes, thank you, God, for your presence. Let's read that verse again, Titus 1.15. To the pure, all things are pure. Hmm? Oh, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but in their works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. Hmm. Let's go to Titus 2. And Jack... Do you wanna come up here and read through Titus 2? And if God gives you anything, please share. Titus 2, you want me to read it from here? Doesn't matter. Okay. You must teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy and respectful, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and in endurance. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, to be pure, to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. Similarly, encourage the young men to be self-controlled in everything 
set them an example by doing what is good in your teaching, show integrity, seriousness, and soundness of speech. They cannot be condemned, so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about us. The only thing I hear the Holy Spirit say is everything that we're reading is communicating a family atmosphere, not a church, not a congregation, maybe more of an assembly, assembling people together as a family to understand what our role and our parts are. But we've created a congregation of people who just come to listen and receive, but not act on what they're receiving. So family means we're called to discipline, we're called to maturity. Similarly, encourage um, the, uh, we read there, verse 9. Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them. I'm going to pause here. The culture that this was written in, uh, during that culture, slavery was a part of the culture. So today, how we... Um, would take this scripture would, would be to your employer, the person that you work for, all right? And not steal from them, but to show them that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the sound teaching about God and Savior attractive. Wow. I just want to stop and I hear Holy Spirit saying, everything we're reading, do we make Jesus attractive to other people? If not, why? And another, I think, fallacy about the American church is we try to make the church sexy in what it does, but we're going to make Jesus attractive. We've tried to recruit people to church, but we're to make Jesus attractive. So what does that mean? When they see me, they should see something that makes them want to know more about Jesus. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. I want to read that again. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. To me, that answers a question that people say, well, what about those who have never heard the gospel? This says right here, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. I don't know fully what that means except for maybe deep in people's heart, there's a knowing that there's truth. And maybe people need a revelation of what that really looks like. But it says it's appeared to all men. It says uh, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness, worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people, wow, that are his very own eager to do what is good. These men are the things you should, these, these then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. So that's good. I appreciate Jack coming up and reading. I don't, I don't, I still am kind of waiting for the okay on what I was thinking about talking about or whatever he brings up, but that is all in Titus 2, the, literally the header is the qualities of a sound church. And for us to be sound, we need to carry those qualities of Jesus and the qualities 
of, you know, rebuking evil and to get away from it as fast as possible. And our focus should be on good things like in Titus 2 where it says, um, the okay, so Titus 2, 2, the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love, in patience. Those are the things that all of us, it's not just speaking to the old men, it's speaking to each and every one of us. We all should want to be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, and in love, and in patience. I can say that I am not a pro at quite a few of these things, but they're things that I have desired to work on and ask the Lord for, especially patience. And patience is sometimes all people need in, in a scenario where if, <laughs> this is how I do it, so I'll just kind of give you a look into my life, but when I'm feeling impatient, I just wanna get everything done, I don't wanna listen, I don't wanna even take the time to do things that even need to be done. So like, if I just threw all of our laundry out on our couch and I'm being impatient and it's time to go, but there's still kind of a 15 minute period where I could clean all that up, I, I've a lot of times recently, I've just been like, oh, I'll do it later. But then it keeps on building and building and building until it's a habit. And now we're in a place where I'm, I know I need to fix that habit of being impatient or not even wanting to deal with it. It's just, it's simple things, but they build up over time and then the enemy can have a foothold and you might not even be patient to what God's trying to tell you or you might not slow down enough to really listen to God. You can hear a part of it maybe, but there might be more. He might wanna have you save it for later or he might want you to speak on and out, but if you're being impatient, you could easily miss those things that he's telling us. But our attitude, and I wanna go back to Titus 1. Let me find where I'm looking for. Yeah, this, okay, so it is seven. And this is for a bishop or a leader is kind of how I'm imagining it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed. Self-willed, that's big. You don't wanna be self-willed and even outside of being a leader of people or whatever you're doing, you don't really want to be self-willed in your life. You want to be in the will of God and that should be your focus is what does God want me to do right now? Um, before um, we were done with worship and I was standing there and we kind of switched up the plan a little bit, um, which was great. Uh, I was telling God, I'm not gonna go up until you tell me, until it's the time. And I just knew I didn't want to force anything and I didn't want it to be weird or awkward, but that even doesn't matter really. I just didn't wanna be self-willed and that's something else that I think is worth working on and 
pursuing answers on because there's underlying meanings of why we're self-willed in certain ways. Like if you wanna have power over a situation and you try to control it and to see your outcome, that's totally being self-willed and I can say I'm guilty of that. Um, let's keep on reading this. It was seven, okay. Not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled. And, okay, yeah, this is kind of meshing into what I was wanting to talk about, but Tim, could you come up real quick? Um, Did you want to share? You're not fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we'll go through Titus 3 and then I'll try to wrap it up. Isn't it awesome to hear the word together yeah. and dwell in it? All right. Titus 3. Get ready. Believers' conduct in society. Remind people to respect their governmental leaders on every level as law abiding citizens and to be ready to fulfill their civic duty and remind them to never tear down anyone with their words or quarrel, but instead be considerate, humble, and courteous to everyone. For it wasn't that long ago that we behaved foolishly in our stubborn disobedience. We were easily led astray as slaves to worldly passion and pleasures. We wasted our lives in doing evil, and with hateful jealousy, we hated others. The hymn of salvation by grace. When the extraordinary compassion of God our Savior and his overpowering love suddenly appeared in person as the brightness of a dawning day, he came to save us. Not because of any virtuous deed that we have done, but only because of his extravagant mercy. He saved us, resurrecting us through the washing of rebirth. We are made completely new by the Holy Spirit, whom splashed over us richly by Jesus, the Messiah, our life giver. So as a gift of his love, and since we are faultless, innocent before his face, we can now become heirs of all things, all because of an overflowing hope of eternal life. How true and faithful is this message. I want you to especially emphasize these truths so that those who believe in God will be careful to devote themselves to doing good works. It is always beautiful and profitable for believers to do good works. But avoid useless controversies, genealogies, pointless quarrels, and arguments over the law, which will get you nowhere. After a first and second warning, have nothing more to do with a divisive person who refuses to be corrected. For you know that such a one is entwined with his sin and stands self-condemned. When I send Artemis or Tychias to you, be sure to meet me at the city of victory, for I've decided to spend the winter there. Give a generous send-off to Zenos, the scribe, and Apollos, and send them on their journey with what they need. Conclusion, encourage the believers to be passionately devoted to beautiful works of righteousness by meeting the urgent needs of others and not be unfruitful. 
Everyone here with me sends their loving greetings to you. Greet the believers who love us in the faith. May God's wonderful grace be with you all. Love in Christ, Paul. Amen. That's good. So, kind of heading to the end of service right now. And I don't think I have time to talk about what I kind of prepared, but that's all right. So let's just, let's end with a prayer. And yeah, let's just end with a prayer. So God, we just thank you for the opportunity once again to worship you, but also study your word. I just pray that the things that you wanted to say and that were on your heart would go to the one that needs to hear those things and that you would remind us of this word that we read, that you would remind us of the book of Titus in our day-to-day life as we go through this next week. And I just pray that it would be visible for the non-believers to see in our life what you have done and that you would give us a swift attitude change if we're not doing that. And I just pray that you would quicken our spirits and you would bring us up and rise us up as a church and we would see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So thank you, God, for today and the next day. Thank you for the breath in our lungs and the opportunity to start new every day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.